Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Swim podcast. Swim Hey, how's it going? And welcome to episode 36 of Someone Who Isn't Me. I'm Daniel P. Carter, and my guest on this episode is Ina Selvik of the band Wardruna. Now, as this is the last episode of 2020, I did feel that it would be worth taking a brief moment to reflect on what a truly strange and shit year it's been. But um, I wrote a long monologue, essentially, of what I wanted to say. But um, as I'm sat here now looking at it, I feel that it doesn't really need to be said. Most people, I'm sure, feel exactly the same way. The effects of the pandemic have been absolutely overwhelming on every facet of society. I feel that the atomization and division that has been caused um, as partisan groups have played everyone off against each other for favour or kind of more unspeakable ends is just horrifying. And, and it doesn't need really reiterating in, in a long-winded kind of monologue which some people might take the wrong way so I'll give that a miss this episode however with Einar is fantastic I think I really enjoyed it he's created a world that harks back to a largely forgotten past and retrieves ideas and art that looks forward with with an optimism and a newfound purpose and and as we discussed at the very start this is a music that I feel sings to the soul and unlocks a lot of feelings to do with ancient memory and archetypes, etc. I believe that all art and music is a magical thing, but but there is something about Wardruna and a handful of other bands that I love that gets straight to the heart of it. Um, I'd never spoken to him before, even though I've been playing his music on the BBC for many years. So to finally have the opportunity to sit and discuss the music and the songs on the new Wardruna album, Kvit Raven, which comes out uh, 22nd of January. And... We also, to, to speak about the animist concepts that are central to the art that he makes, it was a total pleasure. I should, before we begin, give credit and thanks to Gordon White of the podcast and blog Rune Soup for the invaluable episode that he did with Dr. John Reed, where they discussed animism within Maori and wider New Zealand culture. That's definitely worth something that you should check out, and, um, and it was a real help as a kind of a refresher before doing this episode with Ina. Um, so now that that's covered, I hope you enjoy it. This is Someone Who Isn't Me with Ina Selvik of Wardruna. Enjoy. I'm glad we're getting to do this, actually, because, um, you know, I've been a, an admirer of your work for such a long time and I, I've played it a lot on my show. And yeah, it's been a long time coming to actually have a conversation about, about it. And I tend to get excited and, and things shoot off at, at, at different angles, if, um, which I know can be quite annoying for people. So I apologize in advance. 
Um, <laughs> di- well, uh, digressions can be very uh, fruitful and interesting. I, I hope so. Yeah, not so much Potential. for me, but yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I wanted to say that I want. What I wanted to start with essentially is that um, this album is is the first work that that you've done with the band since the completion of the trilogy or triptych of uh Gapver Ganenga. my uh, i apologize now as well because all my pronunciation is going to be so horrible please don't take offense no no okay you, you're so, doing good so far uh, so um so yeah <laughs> since the completion of Gapver Ganenga and yggdrasil and ragnarok that was such a mammoth task i think and it was so vast the scope that that all covered how did it feel firstly to complete that trilogy yeah, as you say, it was such a all-consuming process, uh, both artistically and and personally. I would mm. say it, it's yeah, it's there isn't a a, a separation uh, between myself <laughs> myself and and the art in, in many ways. Um, so of course, when it once, I think everyone can, uh, everyone can recognize. Um, the fact that when w- once you're in in this really intense bubble, then uh, coming out of that process or that bubble can be um, uh, very dual. So I, w- I would say um, there was a sense of re- uh, relief, of course, and mm. uh, I was I was very proud of having gone through with it. Uh, it was lots of uh, challenges. Um, along the way and and um but at the same time it's it's sort of a uh sorrowful uh process um coming out of that bubble uh where where suddenly the there are too many too many options out there (laughs) (laughs) basically which is uh not often a good thing um well, often not a good thing. I mean, um, so I, yeah, I, the the, com- the completion felt felt uh, felt uh, both fantastic, but at the same time, um, daunting. I imagine. Uh, yeah, some uh, an element of mourning. Yeah, uh, when you're working on something like that, that that is so, um, as you say, all encompassing and, and it's so vast, it, you have a real sense of purpose, I think, and and there's a real um, the the compass for the direct uh, and the direction of of the creative drive is is very clear even even though in in all those in any creative process there are constantly challenges and and things shift because it's such a fluid thing isn't it but at the same time then there was a very clear drive and a purpose to the whole thing yeah so i i imagine that the how daunting it must have been to then to work on Kvitraven, it, it must have been. How did how did that process go about when you know when you decided that, that this was going to be the next thing you did as a full band, uh, and how did you uh, find the direction for it? You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Um, well, uh, as you say, the the runes and and that whole plan. It was the runes are very specific. Uh, mm. They are they are of course very challenging uh, in terms of. Well, they are also very cryptic. Uh, at the, so, being specific at the same time, uh, some of these runes are, are very. Um, it's very limited what we actually know about uh, its deeper meaning, etc. So, but but in any case, um, 
I would say it, it gave a really clear direction all of those 15 years basically yeah. and and uh, even at the start of that project I knew what I was going to do <laughs> for the for the end part you know every the song order everything was was ready from from the get go so it, it was a, a very clear path in the sense of the, the end goal at least so I I spent a lot of time uh, figuring out what what um, yeah well, basically um, where, where to start what is it I want to say because uh, well there is so many things I wanted to say um, and, and tons of ideas that have come along um, during that trilogy process that I've just put in a drawer somewhere um, for, for later so it, it was a process of of course revisiting a lot of those uh, older ideas some that was even from the the very start. Um, yeah, I, no- I noticed it. it said that that the record has has been in you know in in that creative period from two thousand and nine to 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 now. Is that yeah. right? Or yeah, uh, no, even even much before that, even since okay. like the first recordings in in two thousand and two, two thousand and three. Oh, okay. So yeah, so some of these ideas are are really really uh, go really long long uh, way way back and and so yeah revisiting some of that and and of course everything you do um uh whether or not it's uh, within the art or as a human you you learn and you grow and you you sort of encompass that into into your toolbox in a in a way so i'm not the same person as i was back then so that's of course really interesting to revisit ideas like that um with a with fresh eyes and and a, um yeah a, a new set of of um uh, well at least many new tools uh, in, in the toolbox um so i guess um uh, well f- f- narrowing that, uh, down that focus was uh, it took a lot of time um i, I what uh, all our music is sort of wandering in the same animistic landscape um it, it's very very much about um yeah nature our relation to it etc um but this uh, i i guess from from the very start when I, when i sort of started to think what the next piece would be be about i i uh, yeah, one of the first things that that became clear was that I wanted it to to um, to go more in depth uh, in terms of um, exploring the 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 human sphere um, in terms of these old traditions and and um, yeah, uh, do some deep dives in into to um, yeah what what defines man uh, in in light of these old tradition how how it it is quite um uh, well it, it doesn't uh, you you don't have like the modern way of defining a human is is uh, if you're a religious person it's body and mind and soul mm. um for some it's it's uh, body and mind or consciousness um but the 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 older ways of of uh, defining a human being is much more la- uh, much more layered and and yeah. um, 
and more more I would say complicated. Um, so so for the new album, I, that's one of the things that I, I wanted to do was to to dive more into exploring at least some of these um, aspects of of um, us as a being, um, and of course our 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 relationship to nature. That's also very central animism and and uh, that kind of idea uh, set of ideas is um, quite central. Yeah, yeah. That's I think the, one of the things, the way that this record and all and all the records prior to it have, have resonated with me so much was um it was actually really defined in one of the lyrics to um that's in Gra where it says mm. um your song stirs something deep within like chords pulling straight from my memory. It's um that's the thing that when I first heard your music and and when I listen to this record now it it is that's that's the thing that draws me to it so much As, aside from the artistry of it and how beautiful it is there is something very um resonant within it that does mm. it moves you i mean music will do that anyway and and pe- people can break that down in in whatever way they want to but i feel that um creativity is a very magical thing and and i think Absolutely. That, and and i feel that that your music is is um is something very rare amongst a, a lot of other music that I listen to, and and that's not to belittle anything else that I love or other artists that I really um are in, that I'm inspired by personally. But but there is something about it that it's very core that is is very resonant. And I and I th- I as when I was going through the lyrics, that that lyric really summed it up for me. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, it's well, I I, I think. Um... I think um uh you're um you're you're putting into words what what uh, it's my impression that a lot of people c- connect to our music in uh, on a, on a very personal level but also in uh, in ways uh, that it's hard to explain in uh, yeah. in a way because it 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 triggers something uh that seems very much in the core of our our being like it's in our DNA or something and and I guess you know, if if you go all all nature based tradition, all nature based culture uh, is born out of its environment. Um, so even though the the wrapping can be uh, different depending on where where it arise, uh, mm. arises, um, the the core mechanisms are the same wherever you are on this planet, um, and and so. And this goes in terms of the musicology and, and musicality. Um, yeah. Also, when you go far enough back in time, you see it's the same kind of of, uh, of um, rhythmical patterns, the tonalities, um, the droning in in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The continu- uh, continuity of sound, uh, etc. Those things are, are really. Um, global i would say when you go far enough back in time and very often when it comes to to ritual music or or um um yeah religious music in a sense but but also within traditional uh music and 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 so here you have something that is so ancient and and at the same time global um so it it isn't well it isn't very strange in in many ways why why it strikes a chord with people all over the planet and in, yeah. in, in no matter 
where you come from or how old or young you are. It, it has that potential. And that's because it's, it's in our DNA. It's so incredibly ancient, these things, yeah. that it, it triggers some sort of memory um, in us. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I find that, mm. um, you know, creativity or, um, or rather inspiration can be um, very elusive at the best of times. Um, mm. and, and I feel that there's like a real meditative quality to, to making art and music in particular, especially that, that requires preparation. And uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it has such a, such a, you know, all, all art can, has that ability to carry meaning and purpose and uh, intention. But I would say that music above any other art form has, um, or I, I think it, it's in a league of its own yeah. song and music. Um, it, it, it's so potent. So using these, um, well, these, this, this Musica mundan uh, idea that the original world music concept where where what lies behind the music is is just uh, as important as the music itself you know it's it's more important than how how good technique you have on the guitar or how fast you can blast you know it, it's more about the intent what lies behind the music it is is more primary um more of a primary um, uh, element than actually technique. Yeah, I, I like that way of thinking, um, and and it works. That's the point. It works. Yeah, very much so. And but be that's because the music in in itself was an expression of that essence. You know, it came about. I I feel that um, yeah, all creativity, but music in particular is um is an expression of that. People can view it in whatever way they want to in, in, in more mystical terms or, or in scientific terms. But I, I tend to view it in a more mystical way myself personally, but that's just me. But I think that, um, it, yeah, it is. It is, a, it is an expression of something beyond um, our physicality and, and, is, and is, uh, is, is moved by this essence that is within all things, which I think is why the, that you saying about animism is such an important part of the music. You can feel that because I started thinking about it all because I find that, as I was saying, creativity can be quite elusive at times, but then you also have those moments where you can, uh, and I'm sure you agree where you, you find yourself in a very uh, abundant kind of flow state where you, you kind of tune out of, of, of your, your, um, the moment that you're in as somebody trying to be creative and you almost step aside and you let that, that thing <laughs> move. Yeah. You move become part you. of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it moves through. Yeah. You. And I, and I think that, um, that was something that I, that I found, um, really interesting because there are, there are times where I would be writing music and at the end of the whole process I, I would kind of sit there all painting and sit there and go, huh, interesting. Yeah. As, if, as if, as if I've played very little part in it at times. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes it just flows from somewhere and, mm. and, um, and that can, yeah, sometimes it, it's, it, it comes effortlessly. And I guess when I'm in this creative, um, modes uh um i i go very much into it it's like i 
turn my skin inside out in a way it, it very much consumes my being in when I'm awake and when I'm sleeping um yeah. and and so sometimes I I can wake up in the middle of the night and just have to go write write stuff down and and just go to bed again and then yeah when I wake up in the morning there it is it, it's um uh, there's been quite a, quite a few things like that so it's once I go into that mode it it um yeah, it becomes very much uh, everything I do in a way. It's hard to relate to anything else. Yeah, because as as you say in um, uh, visavading, is that pronounced correctly? Um, yeah, visavading. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, that's the most apparent, obvious expression of that of 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 hunting for songs that are that are waiting to be found almost and and to be exactly. to be coaxed out and and brought forward and and the um and also in the title track as well where where you say um let me ask teach me the song that allows you um that allows me to find you it, mm. I, I um i i guess that's the approximate translation correct yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah in essence yeah okay um, and um, it, no, so, everything is so open-ended yeah. with me so yeah okay <laughs> so but yeah okay yeah um but that that and as you say that there's this almost primal point before um where we find ourselves now where where most things have grown out of because that that started making me think about um about the akaro songs that shamans in the in the vegetal community in in um south america they, these kind of medicine songs that they sing for ceremonial purpose and they say that these songs are taught to them by by the plant spirits yeah it's you know it's the exact same same uh, the song visa wedding is is basically about the nordic version of that yeah. uh, uh and and uh, this is you know um, like you see this a lot in folk medicine it, it's it's best preserved in the karelian finnish tradition um in in the their rune songs uh, so all of these healing songs if you want to c- cure a, a snake bite you need to know the song for the snake um etc mm. um if you if you know the oldest word or the oldest song for iron you know how to make iron there there are um yeah so the, this idea that um that everything has a song or a sound or a frequency that you can tap into and and by learning learning the song you you learn how how that thing works and and yeah. um um yeah and i don't know uh, for me it's it's very much a, a a set of idea and a concept that i use in my own creative process have have been doing for for the whole um for the whole time and um but it but it also has many le- uh, layers to to it you can interpret it in yeah. in many different ways i i would say in the same way that i i feel very strongly that um well by by um by going into uh, the songs the way i do the whole creative concept uh and uh, it it's <clears throat> well it's very much um about uh, le- letting the theme itself be the composer and me just being the instrument in a, in a, in many ways and and so and also 
in terms of all the uh, the research I do. So every song feels like some form of initiation. I I learn a lot from from uh, one thing is the study part, but then when once you express yourself through a song, you become that song in yeah. a way. So you you and then after that you you basically possess that knowledge uh, in a totally different way than you do one if you just read it or or uh, yeah um the same way a, a song changes its form w- once you start performing it um because that's a different that's a different format in a in a way then you take it there it's supposed to communicate directly with people and and you become part of it in a different way yeah because um, the because the people watching then also become a part of that and exactly and and it becomes this um or a circle yeah 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 exactly um yeah so it's always very uh, interesting to see how how a song works when when you take it to the stage uh it's well it's 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 not always so easy to see which ones uh work and and not actually yeah Uh, so that's all that's always interesting yeah, because that yeah, because then they have to take on a life of their own, and some of them will fly, and then, you know, like a litter of yeah. of, of uh, animals. Some some make it, and some yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah, and and some you you have to change a yeah. little bit uh, in in order to make it work because it's a different format, so it might have different needs. Yeah, because initially when I when I first got sent. Um, well, no, actually, before I got sent the record, when I first saw that the title was, of the record was Kvit Draven, I, I thought it was going to be a, a more of a bio, um, biographical record in the sense that obviously that was the, the name you used within Gorgoroth. So I thought it was going to be more of that. But then, and, and I mean, any art is, is an expression of the artist. So, so to a certain degree, that's, that's true, right? But also, as we've discussed, these songs make themselves apparent. But also then there's, there's things like in in Moonin where you're you're singing it from the perspective of Odin and and it's or it seems that way from the translation as I as I have it so therefore yeah, yeah it, it it wasn't what I thought it was going to be no um yeah no no the the uh, <laughs> the title is it's definitely not named after me and uh but um at the same time it, it's of course part of me and and it's 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 named after the same ideas that inspired me to take the name in the first place in a way yeah. um my relation to to ravens are um are yeah i i have a very profound fascination for them have had that since since i was uh, uh, very young and um almost like a totemic relationship in that that manner and and of course um everything they they symbolize everything they mean within the the nordic uh com- corpus as well as as being these messengers uh yeah. being the the bridge or the link between man and nature or man and and uh, yeah the, the, the deities or, yeah. or the beyond um so combining that with with uh, with these prophetic white animals uh that you uh, you have in so many different cultures around the 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 planet and and uh not only ravens um and and very often they they're they're um 
their message or, or their prophecy is is connected to bringing something new mm. or some form of renewal or, or enlightenment or uh, so for me that combination um, of 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 the raven and the white raven uh, is, is such a it's such a strong symbol um, that has has many layers to it and and uh, a great deal of hope in it as well yeah say yeah it's interesting um in moonin as well where it seems to reference like quite a recurring theme throughout all of your work and that is um again apologies for the but I'm just going by the rough translation that I have where, where in the lyrics where it says astray is the mind without memory, a tree will rot and with, without its roots. And that made me think of, you know, that's a recurring theme, obviously, with uh, Rotlaus Trefel and and how, you know, uh, something that, that isn't aware of its past and its history is, is not going to weather well in the future. No, it, it gives you direction. It gives you experience. Uh, through your faults, through your scars, etc., and also mm. th- through your glory, in a, in a in a sense, everything you you carry with you is, is part of what what shapes you and and gives you direction. And and so yeah, the the mind is astray without the memory. Um, it is the pillar of of all culture, I would say. Uh, yeah. That that is. That is memory collectively decided in in a way that that becomes the the cultural uh, or what defines your culture. Yeah. So it, it is. So yeah. And and I, for this song, I I didn't want to just recite Odin's poem where he says he's scared of uh, Hugin or or the mind not returning, but he he fears even more that his memory or Moonin won't return and and. But it doesn't say anything more than that. So I, I wanted to dive into why is that? Why is um, memory such an Im- uh, such an important thing? And why why is he more afraid of, of um, that that memory won't uh, return? And um, yeah. yeah, I guess that's the that's the backbone and and kind of a good example of of what it is we're doing overall because yeah. it's not difficult to recite all beautiful poetry but integrating it into into um, the here and now and and talking about what it actually means what it can tell us that that's um that's more tricky uh, and th- you can also apply that to the musicology of it as well you know yeah um copying historical music is one thing but making new creations that resonate today within uh, the modern uh, demands and, and uh, yeah, all of these things that, that is needed in order to, to speak to a contemporary audience. That's a completely different thing. And, and that's what we're about. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And I, and I think because of, um, yeah, as that, again, points to animism being the basis of all your work, do you, do you think that, because um, I was thinking about this, do you feel that like losing the animist worldview has been, really well i think it has but really damaging to our present do you agree most certainly um yeah i i think we would uh, uh yeah regardless if you if, if for me it's not even a, a necessarily a uh, it doesn't have to be a spiritual thing or a mm. religious thing just the the idea that say uh, that nature is something we are a part and and regarding nature as something sacred yeah um that that uh, that's an attitude, you know. It doesn't have to be a spiritual thing at all. Um, Is it, it for applies you to? Yeah, for me, for me, it's a it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. Um, it's a spiritual thing. It's a intellectual thing. It's a, it's it's everything. I would say because uh, yeah. there is so much logics to it as well. Just look at the world. Yeah. Uh, what what's happening? Um, the, the and what started to happen the second these ideas um, were were more and more disregarded uh, mm. and that happened a long time ago so it's not it's not like I'm <laughs> painting a pretty picture of the past and and uh, we just have to do what they did um, because it, it's this happened a long time ago but yeah I agree because um, I... in any case we, we we should do better we know better uh, and and uh, by applying this very simple idea, I think that would benefit us all. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, a lot of people would mistake animism for primitivism, and it isn't that. It's it, yeah, it, No, it, no, no. It, it can be very modern, but it's um, but anti-modernity is, is, is um, I think, uh, the way. We should explain briefly that animism uh, is the idea that all things have uh, a, a part to play and a spiritual essence to them or an essence to them. It doesn't have to necessarily, as you say, in a spiritual sense. And that we are yeah. just we are just a part of that. We're, because I think that as soon as people assumed that, um, that it was almost like a food chain and that we're the top of the food chain and, and therefore everything everything else around us is, is, a, is a resource. I was going to say a source, but as a resource. Yeah. And that's, that's not true. We're a part of that ecology as well. Definitely. Yeah. And it, yeah. From a hermetic perspective of as above, so below, we're, it, it, that works in both ways. You know, we are our own, you know, the human biome is its own little ecology, but it's also part of a wider ecology. And if you forget that, you start to mistreat things and abuse things. And, and the knock on effect of that is it affects everything. Yeah. 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 You know, it, with, with, our, with our knowledge, we should, uh, uh, well, by the logics. Uh, we we should should be the protectors of it, not yeah. the abusers. Um, yeah. Stewards at see, best, because yeah. we 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 know better. Uh, it's that simple. Um, 
yeah but but ho- hopefully hopefully uh, i think more and more people are are um are realizing these things now and um i i really like when uh you see so much modern science basically uh, just affirming animism and yeah. i love that so much i yes. love that so much uh because i don't think there is a uh any contradictions between them really it's it's just um but yeah it, it's so <laughs> so uh, fulfilling to to see uh, to yeah. see whenever that happens yeah because it has come back around because it does feel like you know i've discussed with people before on this the idea that science and i don't know maybe the the esoteric were, were were interlinked you know it was astronomy astronomy and astrology they were they were they were twins you know it was physics and it was alchemy and then as things separated it, it became one science became more dominant but now you're right it does feel like now within especially within um the quantum field and and new things that are coming out and being discovered or new theories being proposed that it does relate back it is um yeah just just uh just uh, the example of 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 trees you know how how this network uh how how they uh, communicate basically yeah. uh, w- with each other how they feel pain uh or react to to pain in 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 one yeah you can you can call it that yeah um, or, but, or um, and support each other as well and using yeah, like exactly using mycology and and fungal layers to communicate and also to feed each other in this beautiful symbiosis exactly. where where there's this trade-off of energy um for for the good of everyone within within a forest for example yeah yeah fascinating but you have to also remember that part of why why it's like that why we have this uh this idea that um that we're talking about primitive things uh it's also about how how it's been portrayed for the last thousand two thousand years by for for religious or political uh, uh motivation basically yeah um and and that's that's why there is so so much uh misconception about what yeah what uh, what sorcery is what what is uh, what is that uh, or what was it uh, because it it definitely wasn't the the um how most people think it was um yeah. and and i guess that that applies to to many of these old ideas that uh, we we just have a um we have we have a very stereotype uh, stereotype um view of it that is not necessarily correct yeah animism is the default modality of all kind of religious and spiritual uh like the kernel of it all you know i think in it i was thinking about this it was it was only later that things became sort of anthropomorphized and you know the sun became uh like it had different aspects so it would be shamash or sol or you know it was only then that it was anthropomorphized and, and then ended up with I guess Christ, if if you want to look at that as an example, but that thing as a uh, a means of sustaining life and giving warmth and helping crops to grow, and that's the center of it. That's the important part, you know, not mm. the not the having to say, well, this is uh, this is Ra or this is which, however, you know, Helios or um, yeah, I, I guess um, 
yeah, it becomes problematic when when uh, religion becomes a me- means of controlling people. When when yeah. when, when you see when thing when when things uh, started to change and and uh, monotheism or uh, and it's well, some some people say that it's uh, that that mono, uh, monotheism isn't ethnocentric or religiocentric, but it is in its very nature. It is actually. Uh, both ethnocentric and re- religiocentric. This idea that one's own belief is superior to others, etc., and, and uh, yeah. this whole salvation thing that uh, everyone else has to believe what you think, um, etc. It's it's all these mechanisms uh, in order to to uh, control people, basically. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny as well because I think most people. I was listening to something recently and they gave the example that animism is, is the default for most people without them even realizing it. You know, you, I yeah. think, I think the guy that came up with the term animism was a, was a, was a scientist called Tyler, you know, hundreds of years ago. And, and he, he viewed um, the example that, that was given in this thing I was listening to was saying that he viewed animals, pets rather as, as nothing. They, they contain no soul. They have no personality. They're, they're just a collection of, atoms that that kind of exist in in a household if people have pets <laughs> but a- anyone that has a pet knows that if you have a dog or a cat or whatever pet it is it's it has its own personality it has you interact with it you speak with it you it's it's a part of your family yeah which so yeah and it affects you you know yeah. when a dog comes into a room it has an effect on you yeah uh and and vice versa of course mm. so yeah yeah yeah, it's funny. I was thinking that, you know, we were saying about how that idea being lost has really affected the world we live in. But I think that New Zealand, for example, is a great example where where those um, those ideas and are, are, are very much part of modern culture in the sense that that within the Maori community, you know, that there's there's a river that can't remember what it's called. I think it's the the Wanagui River has just been given officially um personhood and all the rights that that entails and therefore also a nearby forest is is going through the same thing in in the sense that in new zealand law they're considered by the maori to be an ancestor that river is an ancestor of our people as much as our biological ancestors because if it wasn't for them we wouldn't be here they sustained us they gave us drinking water they let us fit you know we were able to fish Mm. for food and it, it irrigated our crops so therefore That's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing, right? And it's and it's therefore that has now been attributed personhood in law and it's now widely accepted within within uh, New Zealand that if if you need to plan for example, to, if they want to build a highway through somewhere, well, that can't happen because this is this is a part this is a person and you can't do that to a person. So do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing. Yeah, but and, it, yeah, but that that's exactly what we're talking about. They're they're treating it with respect as mm. something they are a part of and that is a part of them. Um and yeah, the Maoris, I, I love how they even when, when they go into a forest or they cross a river, uh they, they always say a karakia, like uh they beg they ask for permission or, or sort of state their business in in a way. And I, I like that idea. It it it's um it shows respect basically. Yeah. Um, which is basically what this is about, uh, f- 
for me, uh, in, at least in, in if I have any, I don't like, I hate preaching, but if, if there is a message, that is it, you know, uh, it, it's about that uh, that respect that that viewing it as something you are a part of something you should protect something that's yeah it, it's we only loan it it's our children's in a, in a way yeah and um, i think and i think the the music is the sum of that in the sense that it i was thinking bef- bef- like when i was preparing to do this with you i was thinking about um i was very lucky to see you um play some songs in the norwegian embassy in london a while back hmm. and um and that was a real pleasure to to be invited in the first place because um i found it astounding that that the government of norway has embraced the fact that that this music is is a huge part of norwegian culture and I, and i don't mean just specifically your music but i you know obviously um christian's art was on display um gal's art was on display so it um when you think that you know when the black metal scene in, in back in the day was, you know, it was in all the tabloid papers and it was in the magazines mm. and it was the most extreme, da 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 da, all this stuff, and and for for a government to turn around and go, well, we're very proud of of the actual artistic export of what this music is and it, and the the um the effect it's had on a, on a on a world wide basis, and I, and I found that astounding for a start that 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 they'd um embraced that and recognized that and and it was something that i found so alien that it would never happen here unfortunately (laughs) um but so i thought that was incredible um but so to see when sorry i'm again i've said i'd go off on funny tangents but um another, another thing i noticed actually weirdly enough while we're talking about that one thing i took away from that aside from uh being amazed by to just have you tell the stories of of the instruments which is what i want to get to in a minute which is where this is a long ramble to get to that but um the other thing was was um <laughs> it was incredible to, to to be in that building and to be shown around and i i, I got shown the um some of the the artwork in there that that, that was um that was truly incredible and i was, was surprised that it just was kind of sat up on the wall in this this place rather than than a gallery i suppose but um, mm. the the thing I, no- I took away as well is as I was leaving that the the tree out the front of the the embassy is like a giant algas. I don't know if any I don't know if that was me just reading too much into it, but it was just this giant tree that it looked like it almost <laughs> been. Uh, I don't know if it maybe it had been shaped that way, but it was it was pretty astounding. <laughs> yeah, we ordered it. We ordered it <laughs> specifically like that. <laughs> yeah, if you could have it do that. Um, but anyway, yeah. the, what I was, sorry, that was a long ramble to get to the point that I wanted to say was, um, when you were talking about the instrumentation, I found it fascinating because it, it seemed that you, I'd, if, I may have remembered this wrongly, but you were saying that, you know, these instruments, even though we have descendants of them, I guess we could say there's no real original instruments remaining. So you're going by a uh, literary source and drawings and carvings of about what these instruments are and then you have to work out how how to play them and how to tune them and what and what they are and and that again relates back to to them showing themselves for these are our limitations this is what we can do is is that mm. 
Do you see what I'm trying yeah. to say? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but it's kind of a, a giant jigsaw because, as you say, some of these instruments um, don't give us much. Um, so, so you have to do a lot of uh, detectives work. One, one of course is found in the instrument's own limitations. Mm. Some instruments are, are uh, quite locked and uh, in terms of what you can and cannot do on it, but. Also, that gives you a sense of um, tonality, music, uh, uh, yeah, the the musical specter um, within, yeah, some cases a, a quite quite narrow uh, field. Basically, um, there are also instruments that we have that there is actually a living tradition of using them. Uh, some dating back to to Bronze Age, even you know, like three to five thousand years for. Yeah that we know for sure and and we also know that at least from like four or five hundreds uh some of these instruments didn't actually the tonality how they were tuned didn't actually um change that much now i'm talking about the goat horn uh, or cow horns uh but that that horns with playing holes basically yeah um and and this is uh, uh this is Basically, uh, they are living tradition, and uh, and tonality is basically confirmed by archaeological findings that have instruments that have been found in quite good shape and and been uh, well um, examined to to figure out their their pitch, uh, etc. And it didn't really change. So that also gives you clues uh, that you can actually um, well in in the older traditional music you see the same kind of tonality so that that gives you um um some some good ideas on on the sort of tonal palette uh, you should work within and and yeah. then of course you you have the the poes, poetry which was so so central and and um they are that's of course a very complicated thing um or or tradition um craft uh, where, where the, there is so many different poetic meters or, or structures uh, with, with their own set of rules of, of how it's how it's supposed to be created and we also know from like the earlier song tradition both in Norway and Iceland that there are song recipes of uh, uh, of how you can sing um, a poem that is written in a specific meter so that also gives us uh, quite a bit of clue. So it is a lot of detective work. Um, and and then also, I don't know, um, I was very determined on when it com comes to some of these instruments that I, I didn't want to hear any music ever played on them before I got to try it out myself because I, I, I really wanted to approach it like a child uh, yeah like find the try and find the instrument's own voice uh before like applying all of these other presumptions or or um yeah things things to it so uh it's i don't know it's an ongoing process but it, it's it's really interesting because um yeah it, it, i realized when, once i was going through all of these things that the broader my my overview of of these small jigsaw uh, bits of of that big puzzle it um um yeah more and more things 
also became clear in terms of the framework and and the logics behind some of these things and 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 that's only like like one part of it that's that's the that's the the sort of the scientific thing but then then you can uh, apply the the well, uh, the logics of performance, for instance, which which is a known totally different set of logics, uh, and they are, I would say, many of them are are quite uh, timeless um, in terms of how they work. You know, you 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 do and and cultivate what works when in front of an audience. That's yeah. that's you know, if 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 you're a comedian and tell tell a bad joke, you don't do the same joke <laughs> or do it the same same way the day after. You change it, you perfect yeah. it. And and so the the um so applying these performative logics to it as well, uh which is something I I learn also by doing uh by experimenting by performing in Sometimes and and quite often, I I also perform in settings that um, you could almost call time right in, in terms of of uh, the origin of the instruments. Um, in uh, trying the, uh, trying them out in a, in a full longhouse over a crackling fire, etc. See how that kind of poetry works. See how the instrument actually work in in that kind of setting. That that also gives um, a lot of clues. Uh, and and knowledge to to sort of bring continue to build on so yeah. it's um but it's a very fascinating process um that i'm um yeah in a way f- feel like i'm in the beginning of because i'm constantly seeing new um uh, yeah new building bricks uh yeah. for for that uh, so it's a very continuous process um yeah organic process yeah, and I think the proof is is as we said at the very start, the way it resonates with people all around the world is is when you know that you're on the right path. Um, yeah. Do you feel um, not a pressure, but what am I trying to say? Like um, you're essentially now the ambassador for this, I guess, form of music. But I was saying uh, it's a wider thing. Obviously, as we've we've fully concluded at this point, you know, and and. I think through the TV work that you've been doing and through through the Assassin's Creed game as well. Now, now you're the not only the guy that that people go, well, this is this is what we need. This is what we need for to to complement what we are trying to achieve. You are the person to go to, but also um, it, it elevates those things. I think. But do you feel uh, um, is there pressure on you to be that that person, that ambassador almost, because you're you are you know you're carrying the torch literally. Is it a burden yeah, but, uh, or, or do you feel a, a big responsibility with it? Um, no. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I don't, that's not my perspective. Yeah. And and if other people experience it like that, I'm I'm just doing what I would have. Yeah. And what I've been doing all, all along. And, um, and in terms of the art also, it's not something I'm thinking. I, I don't create music for my audience. I create music for myself. Of course. Uh, and then if if other people like it, that's, a, of course, a fantastic bonus. But my, my focus is never on that part of the process Yeah, uh, I, I did, when I did, I'm creating. I, I didn't mean so and, much from that perspective. I meant more in the sense of... Um, in, in the wider sense, you mean? Yeah, in the sense that, you know, you are you are doing this 
incredible work of of like an archaeologist to a certain degree you know um and yeah and but rediscovering I, these these forms and, pr- and bringing yeah, but them it, forward i i don't feel the pressure because i i do it for myself in yeah. a, in a way and and uh and and yeah you create re- but when you're true to yourself and and you're true to 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 uh something you're really passionate about uh, in a way you you the potential of creating these ripples in the water is of course much greater and i i guess that's what i'm doing with this it's ripples in the water yeah uh by by being true to myself true to the ideas uh that i set out to do um i i guess that that's when um when these things occur and um but I, but I, I don't um i don't think i i feel any pressure that's not something uh, i think about and and Good. i know s- some people uh, see me as as this character um of i don't know um that's that's not my perspective in, in a way the the fact that of course it, it's something i notice because um, um you get recognized and uh, etc it's not <laughs> you know if you're at a festival it's not um it's not very uh, private anymore <laughs> yeah to put it like that but uh so of course i i noticed in, in those kind of ways um but but even that is is just um uh a really um great thing because people are very nice people are very respectful uh and it's it's fantastic to see that that the 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 work we are doing and and the music we are creating have um have such a um well it it has an effect on people that the fact that people are are uh, um connecting to it on on a deeper level um the fact that some of these songs are totally living out um uh, like their purpose in a way like like the song helvägen which i was going to say that are, that's yeah which which people are are uh, ha- has for many people uh, become a very important part of of life and and yeah. of of death which yeah. is what the song is about so um, it's funny it's funny you say that because i that was what i was going to finish with it was when um when when my mother passed i remember i'd heard the song obviously prior to that but um i think i watched i saw um saw a performance that you did with aurora actually um yeah it, yeah it was it, it was profound the effect it had and um very comforting that's all i wanted to say but it's funny that you would say that yeah it's it's a special song and and it's of course uh, moving to see it. well it, the song is born out of um a need in a way and i guess the things that um are born out of a true need uh something honest something um it, it was not trying to mimic like doing a that song it's it's just basically me reflecting on 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 a tradition that we're not um or or a part <laughs> such an important part of life that we we don't really deal with anymore uh yeah. in, in that sense. it's not part of our lives anymore and uh yeah so um 
uh, yeah, so that that that's uh, of course a, a big, um, a very special feeling to to see um, see see that song living in so its own life, and also the the fact that um, yeah, I, I get a lot of of um, it's special to see when when you get a lot of. Uh, when I meet fans or get mails or or messages, etc., um, from from people who who um, who has been helped by by the music, that's of course um, a, a truly it's a gift, basically. Awesome! I think that's a great place to finish. Thank you. Pleasure was mine. It was a good chat. Thank you for listening to episode 36 of Someone Who Isn't Me. Thank you to Ina for taking the time to speak to me and also thanks to Julie, Lauren and Morgan for helping to make this episode happen. As I said in the intro, thanks also go to Gordon White of Rune Soup and Dr. John Reed for the refresher course on animism. You can find Ina on the socials at Ina underscore Selvik or at Wardruna. Um, their new album, Kvit Raven, comes out on January 22nd. It is fantastic. Thanks for all the responses on Instagram as well, because I asked who you'd basically like to hear as guests on the pod in 2021. And as I was posting your replies and tagging a few of those people in, I got messages back from Maynard, Jonathan Davis, Raul Reynolds, Chelsea Wolfe, Amelie from Merca, Frank Carter, Craig Reynolds, Wade McNeil, etc., etc. All of them agreeing to come on the pod. So hopefully there'll be some good ones um, in 2021. I think I just need to be a bit more proactive with this thing, eh? You can find me at Daniel P. Carter on the socials. Please follow the podcast at swim podcast and leave a nice review on itunes and stuff because that affects the charts and i obviously crave validation don't i anyways i'm out peace even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.